everyone, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. I'm Monster B, and this is How I Found Linux, Episode 6. Enjoy! Hi, this is Guitar Man from the IRC. Um, how I Found Linux. Uh, well, I think back in 1999, I was working for a company that uh, did CRM software, and... Uh, Somebody had installed a Samba server, and I think at the time it was Caldera Linux, and that sort of uh, was an interesting thing in the tech department. I was curious about it, but um, I didn't really play with it. I just saw the boot screen once, and that sort of planted the seed in my head uh, about the word Linux and about sort of what um, what that was. Uh, probably a couple of years later, um, an employee that I was working with when I was slinging coffee uh, for an unnamed large coffee shop, um, and uh, she was a, a student who was studying, uh, I think she wanted to be an astronaut, and she used um, SUSE. Linux and and that again sort of reminded me planted the seed. I think I ordered a uh, Corel CD at some point, Corel Linux, and uh, I, I think I was actually too afraid to install it at the time, or I didn't have a spare computer to install it. So that just again sort of sat there. And finally, um, I think just looking around, I was interested in doing audio work um, and. I found Planet CCRMA and uh, had an instruction, uh, uh, a bunch of instructions on how to install, uh, I think it was Red Hat 7 at the time, uh, and install all the music packages uh, to get that happening. And so it came at the time when I was going to redo my Windows system anyway. And uh, I installed Red Hat 7 and I put all the music packages on that computer. I think it was a Pentium 2 system at the time, and uh, I liked that, and uh, ever since then, I've uh, been uh, been running Linux of some form, and uh, after hopping on many different distros, I've settled for now, for about the last year and a half, I think, uh, on Slackware, and uh, that's, that's, uh, that's how I found Linux. How I started using Linux and why it's going to stop. Hi, I'm Oscar and I live in the Netherlands. Uh, ever since episode one, I've been meaning to do something, send it in, but uh, you know how it goes. But um, I listen to lots of Linux podcasts and hearing all the presenters of my favorite podcasts come by one by one. I thought, well, now's the time as a podcast listener... Uh, to get on with it and record my story. So, how I started using Linux and why it's going to stop. Um, a bit of history. I lived in Australia for 20 years or so, and in the early 90s I worked as a volunteer in a community radio station. And the computers there, they ran on a Unix system. They said it didn't mean anything at the time, of course. I just filled in a uh, form every now and again on the screen, and uh, well, that's about it really. And um, well, 
that was probably just about my only experience with computers till about four years ago. A uh, family member died in uh, my mother's place. The, there was a laptop left in the house. So I decided to teach myself how to use a computer. It uh, ran XP and it had to be maintained, of course. So uh, I learned all about antivirus software, uh, spyware scanners, and malware removers, updating the system. And, uh, well, I thought I was a real system admin. I soon realized I was uh, spending more time on keeping up the system up to date than being productive. But uh, I got an interest in PCs. And, uh, well, that's always a good thing. And I ran into a problem. I took the laptop to a friend's uh, place and we got talking and I mentioned Unix. I said, ah, oh, Linux, yeah, I know, uh, that's okay. And uh, when it was time to go, he handed me a Knopix live CD. So the seed uh, had been planted. I took it home, booted the live CD, and uh, wow, this is great. But uh, I clicked on way too many buttons, not realizing that a live CD runs slower than when the system is installed on a hard drive. And uh, the result was that the system locked up, and uh, that was the end of that, really. Um, I kept hearing and reading about Ubuntu, and uh, I got a new PC, and I dual-booted it. Ubuntu 7.10 got given, and uh, started using it, and loved it. Uh, I was sold, of course, and uh, deleted the Vista partition to free up the disk space, and, um, yeah, happy times. I did some uh, distro hopping uh, on some of my other computers and found uh, the wonderful world of Linux and the freedom that comes with it. And, uh, well, time goes on, and now at 45 they tell me, yeah, but <laughs> I can feel it as well, that I've got mouth and throat cancer. And uh, remember, I only used Windows for two years, huh? so be warned. And the cancer is going to finish me off. And that's the reason why I'm going to stop using Linux. Till the death of the two parts, <laughs> you could say. Um, this offers new opportunities, maybe, yeah, in cloud computing. Maybe I can apply for a job as a system admin in the cloud. I'll <laughs> keep you posted. Um, for the past two years, I've enjoyed using Ubuntu, learned lots, and uh, wish I had more time to learn more. The possibilities with free software are endless, of course. And, um, yeah, this is my story of how I found Linux. Big thanks to all you Linux podcasters out there. Keep up the great work. I enjoy listening to all your shows. And uh, remember... Besides catching the possibilities of catching a virus, proprietary software and systems may cause cancer. Right? Okay, this was my story, and that's it. See ya. G'day, this is Weirded Out. Before getting started talking about why I use GNU Linux as my primary operating system today, firstly I'd like to just give props to Monster B for inviting me to participate. Thanks, mate. 
My first exposure to Linux was around 10 years ago in the form of some version of SUSE. My initial interest was pure curiosity and perhaps a way to save a buck or two, not needing to buy a proprietary OS at home. A co-worker of mine was using SUSE Linux, both at home and at work, quite happily. While, in the meantime, I was frustratingly having to reboot my Windows 98 PC, quite often several times a day. Unfortunately at the time, as much as I tried and wanted, I just could not make SUSE Linux my main OS. There were just too many incompatibilities with the software that I was using, both at home and at work. SUSE had a lot of great software packed in its seven or eight installation CDs, but they just could not replace many of the core applications and games I enjoyed using at the time. Virtualization was at its infancy, and the Wine project was just getting started. If you all recall back then, Wine literally just ran notepad.exe, and that was just about it. In the end, I reverted back to a crashing Windows 98. However, the seed was definitely planted. After a few years, open source software grew like an oak tree. The quality of software coming from projects began to compete with commercial offerings. It was time to give it another shot. First I tried SUSE Linux 8, then Red Hat 9, Fedora Core 1, Mandrake 10.1, Arch Linux, and finally my beloved Gen 2 Linux. Today I choose Linux over any other operating system because the quality of the software is simply awesome. It's stable and I'm allowed to choose what I want to run and how I want to run it. Whether it be for a media center, my laptop, my servers, or my, or my games computers for the kids. Just one OS and in my experience it's ended up being Gen 2 Linux. It does it all and it does it well. Updating both my OS and applications is easier than with any other operating system I've tried. One command, once a week, does it for me, and I never have to reinstall again. Woohoo! Of course, cost is also a factor, particularly when you have a family with four children. If I had to choose uh, to run Windows XP or Vista or even Mac OS X, I would probably have to either resort to uh, software piracy or taking out a second mortgage on the house. It's just not going to happen. The choice in the end is easy. Plus, setting up Gen 2 boxes at home and at work has taught me a lot. And my children are also learning having to use their games computers on Gen 2 Linux as well. In the end for me, it's simply a no-brainer. Linux all the way. Hello everyone. I would like to tell you about Linux, how found me. But for reasons that are not worth getting into right now, I am not able to talk anymore so please be patient. I will let Linux do it for me. Like several people before me computers were really unknown to me till college. My degree plan required me to take computer logic and elementary foreground programming. Of course then, everything was on punch cards. I fell in love with it, but I did not want to spend the rest of my life punching cards. Time went on and my youngest brother, 
brought home a Tandy TR S80 Model 1. We played some games on it. I asked him if you could program it. He said yes and I asked him if it ran for gran. He said he did not know, but threw the manual at me and said read it. It did have basic, and it was very much like Fortran. I was hooked, and started writing all kinds of code. I was lucky enough, to have one of my programs, published in one of the early TR, S80 magazines. I was in hog heaven, and computer bitten. As a side note, my brother went on to get a master's degree in computer science, and is a teacher, at a local college. At the same time, I started taking various classes at the local community college in computers. I was obsessed. Those classes were able to get me into computing. I would work more than one job at a time. Very quickly I was working two computer jobs in addition to teaching at the local college. That was before I lost the physical ability to speak. Anyway I would work during the day as a maintenance programmer and boss and RPG too. I also worked as a tape drive jockey at night for a local major bank. I did those for a while till I decided just to teach. Eventually I got a job at a finance company where we had to pull credit reports on a printing terminal with an acoustical modem to connect with the local credit bureau. No long after that I had a Commodore 64 with an acoustical modem. Found about ASCII codes and tried to see if what I did at the finance company would work on the 64. The finance company should should have changed the password. Use your own imagination here. Anyway I started writing all kinds of software, specializing in modem and BBS software, but my first job, making money on the home computer, was a cattle price projection. With my knowledge of the Commodore 64, I was able to work in a small computer store. I spent so much there like a kid in the candy store. At the same time I was transferred from teaching accounting to teaching computers. In hog heaven again. As time went along working at the store I was able to meet many people. One hardware technician we had would brag about Unix. I said okay sure. Then customers would come in asking whether they could run Unix on their home computer. We started to sell Mark Williams C and coherent. Finally one of my good buddies at the time was into Linux. He used Slackware. He tried to get me into it by giving me a Scoozy drive and some IS Ethernet cards with the jumpers. I played with it a bit, but I was so busy that I really did not have time to get into it. About that time Microsoft Windows 95 came along and it was a lot easier. Linux went on hold but I kept an eye on it. I started helping people when they bought new computers. Part of that was moving and converting files from the older machines to the newer ones. I had to use my knowledge of modem slash power programming to convert files from one system to another. You had to move files over the serial port because there was no standard disk formats like there are now. Anyway, people would start to give me their old machines without software. Being the good person I was, I thought I needed to buy the operating system for every free machine I had. Being the cheapskate that I am, I wanted an alternative. Since I worked for a college I could get Microsoft software cheap, but that began to mount up. 
I have already either 4 or 5.x from the local computer store and started using that a little. It was after I left the small computer store. I began making money writing programs for the Microsoft platform, so I started to put off Linux again. Then I started a job as a tech for a local college. After I had been working there for a few years, the computer science teaching staff wanted to get away from using an old SCO server and have Linux on the local machines. No one on the team wanted to do it. Since I had heard of Linux, I was elected a K, forced to volunteer to do the job. So I was given the Red Hat 7.x CDs and told to get it on the machine. I did some research and found out that you could do something called dual boot. I built a Windows image and left room for Linux. I installed Ted App on there and we had a working image. Then came the fun part we had to image all the machines in the lab. Not all the systems had the same size drive. Ghost was not that smart. A lot of machines would not boot. I thought I would die. I was still a novice at Linux. Fortunately my brother had offended Unix for a living and we were able to get Lilo squared away and all the systems were ready for student use. Woo. Anyway I started to play with Linux in the labs in my spare time t the same time people were still giving me their old computers. I could not believe how much application software came with Linux. On the lab machines were lots of programs to detect network problems. I used the packet capturing quite a bit to catch problems and problem users. I was hooked. I thus started using Linux at home as well as work. Not long after leaving that same job where I had been for 10 years, Microsoft was no longer in the machines at home. We have been Microsoft free since. Now that I was free not to use Microsoft anymore, I began to build all kinds of servers. First there was the thin client lab with LTSP, then web slash media server, and eventually a DRBL clonezilla server. Then I started doing open source firmware replacements to routers. Now I am starting to learn about clusters, interfacing electronics with older systems, and now porting my old software to Linux. I love Linux and open source. That is how Linux found me. Hi, my name's Daniel. I'm also known as Linux Fan Dan on Twitter and Identica, and I just thought I would record a short clip on how I found Linux. Well, going back to when I first discovered it, it was, or the first time I heard of it, in fact, was even earlier, probably about 1994, maybe 95, and I'd just discovered the internet, and I was well into uh, chat rooms and searching and talking to people and all that sort of stuff, and uh, I always used Windows back then, and was using MIRC to connect to IRC, and uh, there was all these sort of cool scripts going around that did these really cool things, like... DDoS attacks and stuff like that. Anyway, I looked at these people that I knew were hackers and crackers, and I thought, that's really cool. I want to find out what they're using. So I tried the scripts that they had and discovered it didn't work on Windows. It worked on this other thing called Linux, and I thought, ah, right, okay, no idea about it. Anyway, a few years passed, and I decided to give Linux a go because it had become uh, a lot more mature and... There were a lot more distributions around. So I did a bit of searching and discovered Red Hat, and that seemed to be the most popular at the time. 
So I was in Tennessee at the time, and I went into a store, otherwise known in England as a shop. Um, I think it was something like Computer City or something like that. About Red Hat 7, I bought a box set for about $30, and uh, got home back to England from Tennessee, and I installed it. And unfortunately, I was using a Win modem at the time, and it didn't work. Um, I looked up about how to make it work, and basically the answer was it doesn't go out and buy a modem. And I was a bit short on cash, because I'd got the travel bargains too busy flying around to spend what was a huge amount of money on an external modem. It was 56k modem at the time, and it was uh, loads. So I didn't want to do that, so unfortunately I went back to Windows until about 2002, when I tried again. This time I had... Uh, High-speed internet access, well, high-speed at the time for 2002, it was 256k speed-touch modem, the little turquoise blue frog-type thing, and uh, it was a USB modem. So I got hold of Red Hat 8, or sometime after, could have been Red Hat 9. They were using Blue Curve by that time, I thought that looked really cool, so I installed it, and it did look cool. I also downloaded SUSE. Tried that as well. I didn't like the idea of Mandriva for some, or Mandrake as it was called. Didn't really like the idea of that for some reason. Although it was called like the newbie distribution, I I don't think I wanted to be tarred as a newbie. So I thought, no, I'm not having that. So I tried uh, Red Hat and Sousa. Neither of them would work out of the box with my SpeedTouch modem. You had to put some kernel modules into the kernel and I think it involved recompiling the kernel which on day one was not the sort of thing I felt I could do although I did give it a go I was busy typing in these command line prompts on day one and feeling happy with it but it just you know I just couldn't get it working so back to Windows again however at that time I, I had downloaded the ISOs of Red Hat and SUSE and I was selling them not for a profit I was just uh, like paying for the discs and postage uh, on eBay for anyone who wanted to try Linux but not having uh, a fast download speed. So I thought, you know, I want to do what I can for Linux, so I thought I'd help people out that way, and that went well. Then a couple of years ago, uh, beginning of 2007, I thought I really want to try Linux again. So the first thing I did was went back to familiar places, which was Red Hat and SUSE. And when I went to Red Hat, I discovered there was no such thing as Red Hat Desktop anymore, and couldn't actually find a link on their website for Fedora. So basically, if anyone from Red Hat's listening, that's what cost you me. You know, I'm, so, I'm sure you're really disappointed about that. Looked at SUSE, but then I think I typed in Linux distros into Google, and Ubuntu popped up fairly near the top, surprise, surprise. So I went to their website, and I thought, I like the look of that, and it was a nice... I, I think nice. I mean, people don't like it, but I thought it was a nice brown desktop. I thought that looked really cool. And I'd lived in South Africa for a while, so the whole African ideals of it was what really appealed to me. That's actually what got me to use Ubuntu. Not because I thought it was popular, but because it was African. So I gave it a go and have never looked back. A couple of years down the line, and I'm loving it. So that's my story. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you fell asleep, then I hope you weren't driving. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, Monster B. 
My name is Yuki Treats, and I hope it's okay for a podcast listener to participate in your How I Found Linux callout. In April of 2007, I had been listening to a few podcasts from NPR, like Car Talk, Prairie Home Companion, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And then I found this show called Geek Speak. One of the hosts mentioned that Ubuntu 7.04 had been released. At that time, I only knew about Windows and Macs. I knew a lot more about Windows than Macs, but nothing about Linux. I started using Windows when Windows 3.1 came out. I knew DOS, Edlin, registries, F-Disks. I knew hardware installation, hard drives, memory, building computers. I make my living writing Windows software. First Pascal, then Delphi, and now C-Sharp. So when I heard about Ubuntu 7.04, I thought, I have this Sony Vio laptop with the Pentium 3 processor that's just sitting around gathering dust because it takes forever to boot up and IE7 won't run on it. I decided to take the plunge and install it on a laptop. How has my two-year journey been? Exhilarating, mind-expanding, and downright fun. I went from Ubuntu to Linux Mint and now to CrunchBang. In the next few weeks, I'm going to install Xbuntu. Vio is gone. I gave it to my sister. I'm not running Windows on my desktop, but I am still using one piece of Windows software. My five-year-old daughter has an Acer Aspire 1, and I set up my own free NAS box. My hope is to one day get a Myth TV box up and running. I've already tried about a dozen times. I would like to thank all the Linux podcasters for your time, content, and help. I couldn't have done it without Alright, that was pretty sweet. I uh, just want to let you know, uh, you don't have to be a podcaster to send in a clip. I just think uh, we hear a lot from podcasters on how I found Linux is because they already have the recording equipment. But uh, I, I would like to add a phone number in the future, uh, so people can just call in on a regular phone and leave a message, and then I can play it on the show. But uh, for everyone else, just record an audio clip and send it to MonsterB at LinuxCranks.info. And it doesn't matter what kind of format it's in. Uh, the only one that I probably won't use is a WMA because it's a Microsoft codec. But uh, if you have a Dropbox account or a server, you can just send me the link so I can just download it from you if you don't want to send it to me by email. And thanks for listening, and I'll talk to everyone next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.